I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 173 of GigPod, the Glasgow's Green podcast. And a lot of people are back. GigPod's back. Stevie's back. Hello, Stevie. John. Hello. And most importantly, Brendan's back. Yes, the man himself, Brendan Rogers, has finally returned after weeks and weeks of speculation to return to Celtic Park as manager on a three-year deal, would you believe? And if you believe that Brendan will be here in three years' time, you believe anything. No, I don't want to criticise Brendan just yet. But uh, no, so here we are, Gigpod, our last Gigpod of the season, where we're going to talk about the return of Brendan and our thoughts on that and the thoughts of some prominent Celtic fans on Brendan's return. Let's just say they're not very happy. And unfortunately, there seems to be a dog barking outside, so that's a bit annoying, but we'll just need to get on with that. Unless I run up and shut the windows while Stevie talks. So, Stevie, why don't you talk for a minute, giving your thoughts on Brendan, and I'll shut these windows so we can't hear the dog. Make sure the, the caravan's still moving as well, John, while that dog's barking, please. We joke for the heads there. But, yeah, um, in terms of Brendan coming back, of course, you and Spunkphone were talking about it, and, you know, when he was first linked and everything, I, I know you said I was vitriolic about it, but I wouldn't quite go that far. I was just disappointed because I just saw it right away as us taking a back step and before anybody jumps down my throat in that. At that time, I was thinking it was just a very lazy appointment and it was a case of, oh, well, it was one of the ones when Principal Skinner gets the job back in The Simpsons, oh, well, I suppose he knows the people's names. But it was also a lot of that was down to the fact, though, John, that I really wanted Graham Potter. You know this, um, Spunkphone knows it as well. I thought Graham Potter was the outstanding candidate. I, I think you said it in the, the last episode, that would have just been some statement because he's clearly angling for a job you know, he's going to be like a full manager down the line or taking a job at Brentford at some point when their managers inevitably get sacked down there because that's all they do. Eventually, these jobs will um, hop up and a guy like Graham Potter's too talented just to sit around and be doing nothing. He'll obviously be enjoying that payout for Chelsea, but I really wanted him at Celtic for the brand of football that he plays. I think that Chelsea job for him was just a mess, that owner. Is an absolute nutcase, and the egos are out of control at Chelsea. I think 
at Celtic for like Scotland standards, the egos are maybe uh, a wee bit elevated, but they're not certainly out of control for a guy like Potter to manage. Regardless, didn't happen. And I think I did say to Big John McGinley uh, on Monday on the 67 Hail Hail show, when you take him out the way and you look at all the other candidates, just like you actually would do in any other job, he's got the best CV. I'm man enough here. <laughs> Everybody's going to be shocked, you especially, John. Man enough to put my personal feelings for him and his nonsense part aside and the fact that he is a narcissist egomaniac. We both know this, but we're just simply going to have to embrace it because if I put that all to one side, he's a very good manager. He's won here before. He's been very successful here before and he knows how to handle egos. Done it at Liverpool. He was able to keep a certain Steven Gerrard at bay and keep his ego in check as well as guys like Suarez and Coutinho and all that as well. And certainly down at Leicester where guys like James Madison were playing well for him and he thinks he's far better than what he is. So he was getting a tune out of him. I have no doubt that he'll be able to handle the players we've got in this squad at Celtic. This very talented squad, may I add, John. And overall, as I say, I'm going to be maturing grown up, no laughing at the back, but I'm, I'm going to be maturing grown up about it. And ultimately, as a great man once said, it's best for business. <laughs> yes, thankfully I've got the windows shut and uh, I managed to catch your, your thoughts here. And yes, really a, a hero for changing your mind and Brendan. Now you were vehemently against Brendan coming back a couple of weeks ago. And as I say, he's on the podcast and I say to you as well, I wanted Graham Potter to be the manager as well. I thought he was the best candidate, but there was a lot of speculation about him at the start and then it just went quiet in him. There was no speculation about him at all. Like Some of the names that had been linked were really silly. Like that guy, Des Montgomery, who apparently was here for a hot, like to see his mates or something and then get... Dude, did you say there, Desmond what? Des Montgomery. Is that no his name? <laughs> it was Desmond Buckingham. Des Buckingham, that's it. I don't know where I get Montgomery from. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in. It shows it shows what it shows what a real man um that real men make mistakes. But uh, no, like and then of course Enzo was mentioned for weeks and weeks and we didn't want him to be the manager and he ended up getting the Leicester job, which was an interesting one. But I mean, as you say, out of the real the realistic candidates, I think Brendan was the best one. And I know everybody's still angry, some more than others, about the way he left and as you say, he's got a big ego. But I think you need to have a big ego to manage a team like Celtic. Andrew obviously has. He's back to still be the Tottenham manager. And nobody would have saw that coming even this time last year. So, no, I mean, I suppose I'm with you. I mean, I wasn't really against him getting the job. And I, unlike you, I am annoyed that sadly none of the gig pod crew are able to make the press conference. You have been a, a sensational family man as usual. I'm in Manchester. Spunk phones. Ewol. So none, none of us can do the, the press conference. But before we talk about some of the other aspects of Brendan coming back, like who's going to be working with him, which I think is interesting. What, what do you think will happen at this press conference on Friday, if it isn't Friday? Because we know that he's going to get asked by the, the wonderful real journalists who aren't idiots, unlike the fan journalists who actually are very good. And we know he's going to get asked some loaded questions by the wonderful real journalists. How, how do you think he'll handle that? And, do you think you'll have any like sensational one-liners about returning home 
and all that stuff. First off, don't actually know when the presser's going to be. I think we've just assumed that it will be Friday because I think the last time you did the and one, it was like a Friday afternoon, uh, yourself, Hamish, and a lot of the other fan media. It just seems natural that it would be, but obviously we don't have a clue. But I guess we'll find out later on in the week. Well, I mean, the media loved them up here because they gave them answers that they could write a big headline about. I mean, they absolutely loved him. They never had the knives out for him or anything. I think he played them very well when he was up here before, and that's because everything went his way anyway, John. And I reckon that will be very easy for him. All he'll need to say is just treat it as a business-like opportunity. He had an opportunity. He took it. You only get one life. You'll hit out with all that. It'll be all philosophical about it. I'll be kicking myself if I wasted it. And now I'm back because I realised that when Celtic come calling, you just don't say no. It'll be all that. It'll, it'll be very, very smart about it. I don't really care too much about what he actually does say. I know that that's one of my big prime concerns about why I can't take to him as a guy because he just talks nonsense and a lot of the times it is all pre-planned and everything. But essentially, just in it for how he actually manages these players and if he can keep delivering success, which is what we've been used to now for the last few years, then I'm all for it. But no, in answer to your question, um, the media can try and trip him up. They can try and say uh, a lot of Celtic fans are still not convinced. And he would just spin that and say, OK, well, I've got to earn their trust and that's what I'm here for. It's a big challenge. And it is pretty ballsy of him as well. He doesn't need the money. He is very, very well off. He would, quite honestly, never have to work again. Um, the guy's earned an absolute fortune through football, and ultimately you could say he's actually been successful and he's done very well. But no, he's came back because obviously we are looking for a really serious continuity plan, and I think when you look at all the managers involved, he was by far the least risky. And I'm going to even say he's less riskier than Graham Potter there, John. Um, even though I really wanted them, I still think it's the best option for us. And in terms of the media, yeah, as you say, I think no matter if it's with the fan media, supporters, if it's with the the MSM, I just think he'll be extremely comfortable. I've never seen, that's one of the things I would say, I've, I've never seen Brendan Rodgers that flustered in the media. I think the guy just knows how to deal with him very, very well. There you go, another compliment for the great man from myself. Going to have to have a lie down. <laughs> I suppose one good aspect is that to quote a great man, he knows the city. So that'll help him. Right, okay, now let's talk about, I'll leave Brendan's comments to the end because I've got a sensational, hilarious bit. I'm going to do it at the end, so look forward to that, fans. And we'll talk about the thoughts of the Green Brigade later on. But I think it's worth talking about whose support staff's going to be. And after loads and loads of speculation, John Kennedy is not leaving Celtic. Yes, he's been here since 2003 and John Kennedy is still going to beat Celtic and he's going to be Brendan's assistant manager again. Also going to be there, Stevie Woods, Gavin Stratton, Harry Kuehl, which is a bit of a surprise, and Stephen McManus and Diane O'Dea are still going to be there for the B team. And here's what Brendan said about uh, GFK. I wanted John to be with me as we move forward. He's a very talented coach, someone I know well and respect, and he'll be very important to myself and our players. Now, interestingly enough, we aren't in the know, of course, but we'd heard from unnamed sources, who of course we won't name, that John Kennedy had practically agreed to leave Celtic. And that was just after, like, when all the speculation was about Ange, in fact, just as Ange, I think, was talking to Tottenham, you says to me, John Kennedy's going to leave as well. And now, of course, he's staying. He's like, anybody bricks at Celtic. So what do you make a... Ange's not getting any of the support staff. And are you surprised in the end that John Kerry's still here when you bear in mind that the Celtic high agents seem to be in love with him? It would 
go to show that he's maybe not as financially motivated um, as what greedy guys, i.e. you and me, would probably be in those positions. And I guess he is a true football man, John. Um, and I can only applaud him for that. Like, as you say, he's been in with the bricks and he's clearly held in very high regard. If you've got Ange Postacoglu and Brendan Rodgers fighting over you to beat your club, um, you're not a dud. And I know that on here, me and you had that infamous rant shoot podcast when we lost the league at Tanadice. He was in charge from on that interim basis and, you know, we, we went through John Kennedy. I think we were, I don't want to say immature about it because we were just raw uh, and very emotional from that season um, and everything just came ahead, didn't it? And poor John Kennedy, brave John Kennedy was in the firing line of me and you at Gigpod that day. But no, I think when you take a step back, you've got to, you know, say that the guy is admired, uh, very well respected by just about everybody at the club. Ange Postacoglu, you know, Brendan Rodgers and all the players as well, they obviously want to play for him and they'll have got a boost at that. So I, um, I thought in that position, John Kennedy might have wanted to go and test himself, go down to, let's be real here, a far better league than the Scottish one. But whatever assurances he's got for Brendan that, you know, the club can move forward and try and build and even better what he achieved under Ange, um, I'm hoping that's where it's enticed him to stay. And he thinks the Celtic squad can go even further than what we have done um, under the previous regime. I think it's only a positive thing that he's staying at Celtic because clearly everybody holds him in very high regard. Yeah, he seems to be really well in at Celtic. Like He worked with Brendan the first time. I think he worked with Ronnie as well. He was, of course, part of Laney's backroom. He was a manager, of course, for 10 games. It's won a lot of people a lot of money. And he was one of Ange's most important guys. So they really must think highly of him at Celtic. Like you, I thought he would go. but And it is interesting that it seems like Chris Davis, who was, of course, Brendan's like number two at Leicester and at Celtic the last time, he's going to be working with Ange at Tottenham, which is pretty weird that they're sort of doing a, a job swap in a way. So it would be interesting to see what happens there. Right, before we talk about transfers and how will Brendan be a success this time? How can he be a success? Because it's not just about winning the league, I don't think, this time. Not that I'm being blasé about that. I would never be blasé about that. But I think we should talk about the, the Green Brigade's reaction to Brendan's return. And on their uh, N- at NC Celtic Twitter account, North Cove Celtic, which is a great website, of course, a great app, a website which I know you love, they gave their thoughts on Brendan's return by putting up a photo of the banner that they unveiled when we played Hearts at Tynecastle back in 2019 in the first game after Brendan left. And it said, of course, you traded immortality for mediocrity, never a sale, always a fraud. And there has been a lot of talk about how will people react to Brendan's return and looking at forums and looking at like discords and stuff that we're on. There has been many various opinions, but I think for the most part, people are behind the appointment and they think that because of the situation we're in, he is the best man for this time. Obviously, the way he left Celtic isn't going to be forgot about. I can see why the Green Brigade are annoyed about it because it was a crap way to leave Celtic during a nip-and-tuck title race. I think we were only nine points ahead of Rangers. We had Tynecastle away and Easter Road away in the Cup in the same week, which somehow Lenny managed to navigate them both. What a manager he was. So what are your thoughts on uh, the Green Brigade's Twitter remarks, or rather, or rather not remarks, Twitter post on Brendan's return? And how do you think Brendan will be accepted overall? Do you think that as soon as we get some good wins, his departure will be forgotten about and we'll be, we'll be hailing him as a god once more? 
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, I think, you know, how Brendan will view it, I, I just think it's attention for him. He won't care. He really won't care one bit. It's just attention for him. And me and you have said he's got a massive ego. He'll be looking to turn that into a positive as well. So he'll get he'll get digged about that on um, Friday by the traditional media. Like the fan media, probably, they'll forgot about it. We won't, have, we won't be bringing that up. But the traditional media will be looking to um, really get his opinion on that one. And I think he'll play that down. I really don't think he'll be caring that much. But again, it's attention and it gets everyone talking about Brendan Rodgers. And that's what he loves. I think the Green Brigade, you know, they're more than welcome to their opinion. And they certainly, I've seen a lot of people say, no, they don't speak for me. And I just see it. Uh, it's a lot of noise, if I'm honest. I don't want to sound like Ange here at the end of the season with that junk talk part, all right? But I just think it's a massive drama. I really do over, over nothing. And see, as soon as the season kicks off, John, it's going to be forgotten about. One of the big things too, the fact that it happens on that social media site. Of course, I actually didn't see it. I saw it in the Discord that we're in. Um, I never even looked or clicked a link or anything about it. But that's how much how strongly I feel about it. I pretty much quoted it in the Discord that we're in and I said this will be forgotten about by Friday. It's not a downplay, uh, the Green Brigade's opinion on him because, of course, the way that he left is, was pretty snidey. But at the same time, if you look at it for the angle that, for him, he might have just saw it as another job. Like, look at any of us if we're in a job, right? Sometimes you, so you get people that walk into another company, they don't even serve their full notice period, they don't do a full handover. They just bolt after a couple of weeks into another job and to them that's okay because they don't really feel that they know uh, their old company anything. They've done their bit, they've got their pay, they've put in their time, they're moving on to better things. Brendan might have just saw that as a job and maybe he still does as well, John. So I don't really think deep down he actually owed us anything. I think the way that he went about it, uh, especially that whole backdoor thing, trying to take the staff, was a very crucial point in the season. You know, it didn't really sit well with me. But the main thing for me with Brendan is just the amount of pitch that he talked, but that's for another show. In terms of summing up in that question about the Green Brigade, that is just noise for me. It's, again, just attention for both sides. They'll get a lot of people talking about them. Brendan will get a lot of people talking about him. Season is the, you know, the season kicks off. It's all going to be forgot about. And if he masterminds a one at Ibrox, you know, that, that'll be obviously brought up to maybe have a go at the Green Brigade again because everybody won't be talking about that anymore. It'll be ancient history. But I really just don't see it being a long-term problem. I think it is a massive drama about nothing and there's too many people getting emotional about it. But it's football, isn't it, John? So who are we to tell people not to get emotional, especially when you see the Nicky in a pub if Celtic have a, a drawn or something? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, I think in the end this will be forgot about as soon as... 
as soon as the first league game's played. And in fact, the league the league fixtures I think came out this Friday, so that'll be interesting. Every, the first thing I'll be able to look for is that game against Rangers, which is of course going to be at Ibrox the first game next season, and it'll be interesting how early in the season that is. So just two more things: what uh, areas of the side do you think you'll be looking to bring players into, and how important is it that there's a a transfer committee, so to speak, and it's not just Brendan coming up with ideas to get players in because in his first season at Celtic the first time he brought in some brilliant players after that not so good so what areas of the park do you think you be looking to strengthen in and how important is it that isn't it just Brendan bringing the players in that there's like Mark Lawwell and all the other guys have an input as well you know the two big signings that do stick out that left some legacy over the years and certainly recent history was Moussa Dembele and Odson Edward now we're in a very good position well, we've got Kyogo, but there's no guarantees that Kyogo's going to be staying as well. I'd like to know what his future's going to be. I think that's one of the other things. We don't really know what type of players he's going to be in for, John, because we need to know, you know, the, the players that we've got now, what their futures are going to be. Is Kyogo going to still be here? Is Hitati still going to be here? Is Jota still going to be here? Matt O'Reilly? So until we know uh, what players' futures are committed to the club, then... I don't think we can really speak about transfers and everything at this point. We need to know who's committed for next season before we know about upgrades and even before that, replacements. But I think if you look as well, Brendan's always loved a really explosive, exciting winger. And he likes a winger that can cut inside and shoot, you know, that type of Sinclair player. He's got that in Jota. Jota can do that out in the left. Now, this could actually be a good thing in terms of Jota watching him again because... I don't know if you'll agree, I was speaking to my uncle about this on Saturday. Jota, in his first season, was a better player to watch than second season. Second season, Jota was probably more effective and his numbers were better. In terms of his big game performances, cannot doubt him one bit for that, especially even in Europe with the goals that he made in me. But see, just in terms of watching him, in terms of watching him beat a player and in terms of just watching him for the 90 minutes when he was playing just for entertainment, I preferred first season Jota. And I think having Jota back out in the left and entertaining, I think is exciting, and I think Brendan will want that too. I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say it's like curtains for Dysamide or that, but certainly in the left, I, I I want to see Jota coming back. I want to see Jota making that position his own again, so I, I'm aware that I'm not answering your question in terms of transfers, but it's just too hard to say just now. I think it is important though, that as you're saying, we've got a signing committee and we're responsible if we are going to be spending big money because it. Brendan Rodgers spent just shy of fifty million. Um, I think that's that's the most money he's ever spent as a manager on a one one player, and it was for Christian Benteke. And uh, let's be honest, he wasn't great for Liverpool, was he? Now he spent forty five million on Yuri Telemans. He's a cracking player. Forty one million on Roberto Firmino. And John, I know you're a massive English Premiership fan, and you'd agree that that was probably money well spent in the end there. But yeah. When I look at the other players, like, you know, Perez, when he was at Leicester manager for Newcastle, Lallana was like 33 million. And a player that I rate, Pat Sandaka, he spent 30 million on him. And he's really been pretty poor for Leicester too. It's been hit and miss, but when I do go through the list of big money transfers, it's been pretty poor. Apart from the ones that I've mentioned, be like Firmino uh, and Telemans. So yeah, I do feel that we have to be smarter when it comes to spending money um, under Rodgers this time and we have to back him but we really have to get the right players in and we have to spend big as well we have to really show a proper statement don't we John because if we go into this one 
backing Rogers and getting into um, Europe right into the group stages. We can't be just be looking at the bargain basement anymore. We don't want to be doing what we were doing last season. Like A lot of people didn't like it when we were critical of Celtic in the Champions League and a lot of that was down to the fact that we just didn't strengthen adequately when we had the funds there to do so. I think we have to be in a better position from that and learn for last season, John. So yeah, I, I, I do think that's a... A major one that it's not just Brendan in charge of recruitment, that we have a few heads together for that one because not to knock Ange too much, and I know that we're not going to do that. His recruitment, for the most part, John was excellent. A lot of it was doing it himself. So we really have to keep that continuity of bringing in really good players. I don't think we can let ourselves be shy this time. Actually spend the money if it's there because let's not forget Celtic are sitting on a massive pile of cash. And if you're just holding it, we've learned the lessons of like Brendan the first time and under Lenny when he came in, it ain't going to work. You have to back your manager and if you want to actually make a dent in Europe, that money's got to be spent. Yeah, I would agree. And like, we didn't talk about this uh, in a pod, like, because we've not done a pod since after the cup final when Brendan left. I mean, it has been reported recently that we've been linked with a, a Norwegian midfielder, Odin Thiago Holm, what a, what a brilliant name, who plays for Valarenga. He's 20. He's, I think, a central midfielder. So uh, that report came out before Brendan was appointed. So obviously, Celtic are still looking at doing deals with no manager. And we've done that before in the past. So it'll be interesting to see if he does sign. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing what style of play Brendan will put on. Because like, for the last two seasons, we've been so heavily focused on like, inverted fullbacks. And I, I just don't see Brendan doing that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the likes of AG and Ralston and Greg Taylor, and it will be interesting to see if we decide to buy another striker. I never really once saw a, a Brendan Rodgers team like in the second half of seasons, like really burn out and look knackered. I mean, the second season under under Brendan, some games were just dire, and there was a real drop off for the first season because I think it was to try and emulate that invincible sort of treble winning season. It was always going to be in the nicest possible way, like sort of downhill for there wasn't it despite the fact that of course we won trebles after that you know what I mean it wasn't unbeaten and the style of football wasn't the same so I, I think it was going to be a very difficult thing for him to emulate again for that first season and also teams get wise to it too but no I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with these players uh, Jota is the one that I'm really excited about but again Hitati too like we always see Ange when he made the subs at 60 minutes or so every week without fail Guys like Hitati might be able to last for longer if they're not covering so much ground and doing far more damage. But again, we don't know where his future lies. He might very well join Ange down south or he might want to move on to. So one of the big riddles have been answered, I guess, with who's going to be the manager. Now we focus on the players, but I guess that's for another pod, isn't it? Yeah, that'll be for the next pod in a couple of weeks because the listeners will be delighted to hear that after this pod, we're going on our holidays. The, yes, that's right. The three gig pod legends are all going on holiday together. So, uh, but we will be back in a couple of weeks. But I've got one more question to ask you. Well, okay, actually two, because we're running out of time. Number one, do you think Brendan will see out the three years that he signed this contract for? And number two, in his first season back, what would be a successful season for Brendan? In his eyes and in the eyes of the fans, because I think that, and I think this is wrong, a lot of people automatically have us as like shoe-ins to win the treble next season. Because we won the treble last season and because we won two trebles with Brendan and we're on the way to third. But I think I'll be closer. I still think, I mean, 
early, very early prediction this, but I think we'll win the league next season. I think we've got the best manager by far. We've still got the best players. I mean, some good players will probably leave, but I still think we've got the best squad, best manager. I think we're the best team in Scotland by far, and I think we're going to win the league. What do you think in Brendan's eyes and in the eyes of the fans will be a successful first season for him? And do you think he'll still be here in three years' time? So that's my last two questions on this. Gig pod, Brendan returns extravaganza. It's hard to predict. You, I mean, if we were talking about this four years ago, do you ever think if there was a Brendan leaving special and you said to me, do you ever think he'll be back after the way he's left? Like, if I had said yes, everybody would have tuned out and unsubscribed and called me a bad man. So it's hard to tell. I hope he does. And he's saying all the right things, but this is Brendan. He likes to, <laughs> he does like to say stuff. And I'm going to take some things that he says with a pinch of salt in his second spell as manager. So I I hope so. But you just you just never know, John. I just can't answer that. But um, in terms of, I mean, I, th- I think first and foremost, a lot of fans will see it as, as long as the league title still comes back to Celtic Park because... First and foremost, that's whole bread and butter, and that's what a lot of fans want. But I would say a successful season. Uh, we'd be defending the league title, winning one of the cups as well. A win in Europe, I think, would be a start. We never managed that under Angela last season, and we really should have beat Shakhtar Donetsk home and away. A lot of, you've got to have luck and all that in Europe, and Brendan's not really had a lot of that either. We had some absolute doings, but the European side of things, it's going to have to be one down the line because we've not even talked about what group we're in, that's obviously going to be something we chat about and the success there is really just down to who you get, but defending the league title would probably be seen as a successful season, um, the Cups are always a bonus aren't they, but first and foremost it's about defending the league title and what are we on, we're going for 54 next season John, so if we can bring that home and then the season, just think, I've just realised by the way, if Brendan is a manager for the full haul, not only can he do 55, but he could overtake 55 and there you go, there's one for Brendan to stay. His ego is out of control, as it is, John. Can you imagine the, the adulation he would get if he was a manager? The Celtic manager that brought home 56. I mean, there you are. Yes, I'm sure he'd love that and he's, he's typical Brendan way. Right, so before we say trio, I thought I'd just read out Brendan's last comments from today. He said, The club is in fantastic condition at all levels and I would like to thank the board for putting their trust in me to take the team forward. We will work very closely together as we strive to bring that success to our supporters. In the words of Joe Cabot, let's get to work. Hugh, little green bag. I don't know if you can do that because it'll be do deal. And we'll probably get it took off with real music. But yes, Brendan is back. Good pod's back for, as promised, our new manager special. But now we're going on a break, but we'll be back next month. So Stevie, thank you. And as you're the chief... Tell the listeners when we'll be back. Mid-July or something. Hopefully Brendan's made a few signings and we can talk about them. Might have been some departures for the club as well. We could talk about them too. But I, as John says, thanks to everybody that's tuned in this season. We'll definitely still do a lot of award show and everything, but we'll be looking back briefly and looking forward. And we can only blame... Uh, a certain Australian for fucking off and going down to London for managing to ruin a planned award show. But aye, it'll be the three of us been back for that. We'll maybe do a wee Q&A one as well in July before the real football kicks off again and we'll get right in about it. Yep, we will still do the awards show, but it will be a sort of, a, just a segment of the like new season preview. And that'll be next month. So yes, we are going on our, our much, much delayed Thank you, Ange. Uh, summer break, but we will be back next month with a look back at last season and a look forward to next season. And 
if any players have left, we'll we'll give them plaudits, and if any players have bought, we'll, we'll discuss them as well. So you can follow Stevie on Instagram at Gigpod. He'll no doubt have stuff up. Lots of stuff, like, in the weeks before we return back, you can leave us reviews and ratings and tell us how great we are. And, as Steve said, thanks everybody for listening. This season, our numbers have been through the roof. Gigpod gets better and better, and hopefully we can continue that next season. So, thanks to Stevie for coming on this week. Thanks to everybody for listening throughout the last year. It's been a great year for Celtic and for Gigpod. Good luck to Brendan and his return to Celtic, and we'll speak to you all soon. Hail, hail. Podcast Network.